0: because all I have to say is the iguanas are going to fall from the trees and the fire marshals have to be ready with little cookies to take the iguanas that fall from the trees.
1: Coal and Brown are lined up on the grid. It's lights out, and away we go on this week's gridlock. It's May the 4th. When everyone's listening to it. This It will be May the 4th, which is my favorite non-holiday holiday of the year.
0: We love non-holiday holidays. Um, I, this is the first year that I feel like I can be celebrating May the 4th because I've welcomed Star Wars into my existence for the first time really in my whole life. Um, and we don't need to get to that history for the listeners. It's just a true <laughs> fact. That's all you need to know is that I'm just new to Star Wars and I'm so excited about May the 4th. Brianna has given me like a whole bunch of... Things that are happening within Star Wars that I never thought I'd be super excited about, but I am super excited about.
1: Pre-recording, we had a whole conversation about what both of us want to buy, essentially. Because that's really what May the 4th is. It's mostly, like, a happy day in a fandom online and buying things.
0: Merch? We like merch. merch? What do you mean we like merch? We don't, we don't know anything about merch. We've never bought merch for anything that we like in our whole lives. So, do you want to know something shocking
1: about my Star Wars fandom, though? As someone who loves Star Wars as much as I love Star Wars, this is my only Star Wars t-shirt, and it was a gift.
0: Oh my gosh, you don't have Star Wars clothing.
1: Right. I I also think that I personally find a lot of Star Wars merchandise very ugly. Like, I don't <laughs> think it's nice. Um, and the really nice stuff is really expensive. So, but yeah, my brother got me this shirt off Etsy for my birthday two years ago
0: or something yeah, your like brother that. is really good with birthday gifts. I'm very yes. impressed with Jared.
1: Yes, he is unbelievably good at gift giving and he'll. Like, it's not like he inquires for what you want. He'll, like, go find something that he knows you'll like, but you would have never thought for yourself.
0: That's the best kind of gifts. That's the best gift giver is, like, this is, you like this, and you, like, knowing you like this. I was going to say, that's a really sick shirt. I love that, and it's very, very you.
1: If you're listening, this is an Ahsoka Tano shirt that's, like, modeled off of the final scene in Clone Wars. So. You can envision what that is, or you could just go over to YouTube and look at what my shirt is. Uh, But because it's May the 4th coming up, and because I've spent probably the last week of my life watching the new Star Wars Jedi Survivor story on repeat, I have Star Wars on the brain. And at the end of every show, we do something called Yellow Sector Notes, where I just give random tidbits from every single team before we wrap the show up. I thought today we should start the show with race recap notes, because there was a race last weekend, there's also Miami coming up, which, by the way, if you didn't get what Nicole was alluding to earlier, she was alluding to the fact that she's in a Miami GP sweatshirt from last year.
0: When I identified as a full McLaren fan. (laughs)
1: What a different world that was. Different
0: different world, different time, but that's, yes.
1: So the twist to the race recap notes that I'm going to give here is that they are as if we are in the Star Wars universe. I love this. Someone is reporting on the race on the Holonet. Uh, and they're not racing cars. They're racing ships. Because, of course.
0: <laughs> this is incredible. I loved this idea. And it's still, again, a Star Wars new. But I was like, yes, we yes, please do this. <laughs>
1: Last week's Azerbaijan GP was eventful, to say the least. Let's run down some of the big things that happened. Master Stappen really tapped into the dark side with multiple scandals that covered the holonet all weekend. He really hated his assignment this weekend that was given to him by the Order, and he even called fellow Jedi names like Scruffy Nerf Herder. Charlie Clare used the Force to will his ship, Into multiple positions because there's no other explanation other than the force for what he did this weekend. The Alfa Romeo is a hunk of junk. There are no other notes about the Alfa Romeo. And not the good kind, like the Millennium Falcon. The master bested the apprentice on the silver Mercedes team, despite an ill-timed collision that brought out a flag that could have really swapped the order up. Much to learn, George Russell still has. <laughs> speaking of Master Speaking of a Master and Apprentice duo, the Aston Martin team's master gave lessons over the comms during the race to better prepare Lance Stroll for his future Jedi trials. Padawan Logan Sargent missed the jump to hyperspace on Saturday, and then he had to miss the race! He'll be hoping for a better outcome in his home star system this upcoming weekend. Haas continues to simply exist in the galaxy, but I have nothing to report on their activities. Esteban Ocon exhibited amazing control of his emotions after everything seemed to go wrong around him for the second week in a row. The French droids struggled to set up their ships this week. After last week, I wouldn't have judged Esteban for death. I wouldn't have judged Escobar for tapping into the dark side, but it was masterful that he did not. Padawan Piastri and newly knighted Norris seem to have a delightful time this week with the new parts on their ships. And finally, never tell Yuki the odds, because fighting for points every week in that hunk of a junk that is his ship deserves much more acclaim across all hollow news outlets. And that was the Azerbaijan Grand Prix!
0: in star wars i can't wait to see what i do in post (laughs) oh my gosh that was so funny i loved that and i think now i would just want to do a race recap in like different cinematic universes all the time because i loved that i thought that was so funny if you were listening to this and you did not enjoy that i'm so sorry you're not as much of a nerd or like to have as much fun as we do because that was so great (laughs)
1: I know. I was writing it, and I was like, "Wow! If you, you know no Star Wars, none of this will make sense." But if you go over to YouTube, you could watch like every moment where Nicole just like breaks down. Like half of everything I said out of the corner of my eye, I could just see Nicole. Like I couldn't actually see Nicole; I just saw like a blue blob in the corner. That is her sweater.
0: The <laughs> and- Logan Sergeant like missing the jump to light <laughs> to speed, hyperspace. to hyperspace, <laughs> to, to, yeah, hyperspace and just, that was such great, like, just, wow, wow, wow. And Fernando and Jedi Trials. I just, such a great way of describing what happened at Fox this weekend. Happy May the 4th. Happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you.
1: In a less goofy tone, there were some entertaining things that I think are worth chatting about in this small window we have before Miami and there's new storylines and new things. And My big question, leaving the week, is actually, like, the most entertaining moment for me was George thinking that Max and him were going to have, like, a bro good fight moment, and Max just lost it. So my question is, is this, like, a momentary, like, Max loses it frequently. Like, this is just a thing he does. So do you think he just lost it? or is this a rivalry we could actually look forward to seeing what are your thoughts
0: so my personal opinion is that it was just a one off max temper tantrum type moment um but that's only because like my brain like i don't want to say laughs when i hear like it's a max verstappen george russell rivalry but like i'm like to where But, like, that's all in my own head of anything. I think it was, like, a one-time incident. And we also have seen Max have certain reactions like this with other drivers, especially when it causes damage to his vehicle and not necessarily damage to theirs. Um, So my opinion is that it's a one-off. But it is very fun to entertain the idea of, like, if this will be a rivalry... But that's just what I think. What is your take? Do you think this is now like the storyline that it's going to be like, George versus Max! Like,
1: I don't think the Mercedes car is good enough for this to be a storyline this season. Uh, I think we're so desperate for storylines. And Max is probably the least likable driver on the grid. So he's only entertaining if he's fighting someone. Therefore, to me, I'll say it to me, there are definitely people that like this. I... I personally think for the overarching story, Max needs to be the villain. So I I think three, four years from now, there's like great potential for this to be the crazy, like these two drivers would just murder each other. Like I like this would be crazy. Yeah. And so I think everyone is like eyes lit up and we're like, Ooh, this would be fun because this is not like, respectable old guard Lewis and like psychotic I'm gonna crash into everyone max this is like two drivers who are like no I will push you off track to a degree that is unsafe um so that sounds fun but I think we're three or four years away still
0: yeah it's definitely not like a right now thing um the like gash and the side of Max's car was like pretty gnarly, but I literally the memes of the George, like putting his arms out, like the it's a race week that like, I'm like, wow, we're still bringing back this George meme and like put I'm like, this is, I'm glad we're calling this back for a great purpose and reason. Um, and then I just also love, you know, like F1 TV just immediately being like, Oh, they're disgusting. And you just hear like, curse word here that oh sorry <laughs> about that i'm just like wow this is nuts and george just like walks away like there could be like a compilation of max getting into verbal arguments with drivers and them just being like okay. nah, 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 bye yeah. bye bye yeah but you know max verstappen getting into a fight with someone who's like cursing is ah oh, sugar like it's not <laughs> it's a different type of like opponent for max
1: but George Russell in the car is a, like a war criminal. Like he turns on this different persona that I, so I, I agree. I think out of the car, Max would be like super aggressive and George would be like, okay, but in the car, George is still that aggressive.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: sometimes even more so because right now he's fighting with a car that is not easy winnings. Right,
0: right, right, right. So right. Which makes sense. Yeah, as I don't how, know. Like this all occurred this weekend. Um, I just, look, at
1: this point, if you're a Red Bull fan and you're listening to this and you don't understand that we don't like Max and Red Bull, like, welcome. We don't like Max and Red Bull. There's my bias. But I just don't understand how people can look at everything that happened this weekend and wonder why we don't like them. Max spent the entire weekend complaining about how he doesn't want to race in F1 anymore, then got mad that someone raced some, him the same way that he races everyone else. But still was comfortably P3, by the way, with the giant gash in his side bod because the Red Bull's a rocket ship. And, like, then calls another driver curse words and names. And, like, yeah, I mean, they're all competitors and it's the heat of the moment, but it's just unbelievably unlikable.
0: And yeah, un- it's so, like, the pot calling the kettle black. Like, yeah. I just saw so many post this weekend of like taking all of Max's quotes of like, Oh, you can't do that. Or like, Oh, nice pass. And like, yeah, I know how to do that. And I didn't crash into it. Excuse me. I didn't crash into anyone. And then like, I saw people taking all of those quotes and all of the racing incidents that he has caused air quotes are happening. If you're not a cool cat and watching. Um, and it was just so like the juxtaposition of the two of them together is like, okay, great, like, yeah, there was a hole in your car, but, like, hey, you got P3, and, like, you can manage and things, and, like, you've caused worse. You have, in interviews, said, like, well, I was either going to lose or we were both going to get damaged or what. Like, there's so many instances of this that I'm just like.
1: Yeah, I remember that last year. He literally said either, like, either you give up or we crash out.
0: Brazil, Mexico, it was, yeah, it was towards the, it was towards the end of the season last year.
1: Yeah. I don't, I wish I could remember right now. I did watch a lot of videos about like who was technically in the right. If you're going by the rules and da, 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 between like, like was George Russell obligated to give Max more space essentially. And the answer by the rules is no. But the interesting thing is that the rules we have right now for racing have all been rewritten to validate 2021. So the rules we had in 2021 were different than the rules now. By the 2021 racing rules, Max w- deserved more space from George. Because Max was such a menace on the track in 2021 to Lewis, and they wanted to validate that championship, in 20. 20- for last year, they changed the rules to make what George did that Max hated so much okay.
0: Wow. It's like so much I could say that I almost just want to say nothing cuz it's just like that's right there. Like that's all you need when it comes to like Max's attitude as a driver. And some people love that. Some people love like the right. ultimate like ruthlessness of a driver and like that's what you want and like that's cool. cool. For like cool, great. Not I, whatever. Not me. No. Yuck. I can't can't relate. But Not the fun Max. part
1: of this story is I can't wait for two or three years from now when we can circle back and be like, ah, this was the beginning of George and Max hitting each other or some like silly nonsense like that.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Uh, On the other side, and by the other side, I mean the bottom half of the grid. (laughs) We did see some of our first big upgrades of the season, which was really exciting. McLaren no longer has a tractor.
0: What happened? Like I magic floor. We were talking about this a week ago and you were like, ah, Alpine and McLaren, it's going to be a magic floor. And like for one of them, it definitely wasn't. And like for McLaren, it like maybe was. And again, they're not like showing up on a podium, but McLaren went from like not finishing a race and having like crazy problems and everyone being like, oh, we love the car. We just have to like look at it with our eyes closed. Like, it's great. And upgrades are happening and it didn't, it wasn't a dumpster fire. I think it was,
1: it's interesting because everyone, all the experts said that the, like McLaren's been pitching that they're bringing a B spec. This was not a B spec. This was a new floor and a couple of other little bits in places. I'm not trying to undermine that. It was a big upgrade because it was a big upgrade, but it wasn't a B spec car. Uh, Lando, I think, put it very well that this is the car they should have started the year with. Yeah. And this definitely feels that way. Like, this does not put them in the Aston Martin-Mercedes-Ferrari conversation. But what it will do is because Lando is such a qualifying specialist, occasionally he might deliver a shocker and out-qualify one of those three-team-six drivers in that, like, tier below Red Bull. And we might all say, "Whoa, look at the McLaren!" But it will be a mirage of Lando Norris, in my personal opinion.
0: <laughs> no, I, but- I agree. I, I agree with you there. I mean, even when I see and knowing that there was upgrades with McLaren this weekend, anytime I saw Lando, anyway, I mean, like I take that with a grain of salt. Of like, ah, but like Lando can operate a car. Lando can figure out the same. I mean, it's very similar yeah. to kind of what I feel like Charles was this weekend. Yes. When, like he was. Probably fighting with every bit that he could to, like, maintain that P3 and just, like, who knows, you know, how exhausted he probably was at the end of it. But that boy needed a podium more than, like, a fish needs water.
1: (laughs) Yes, he 100% did. Just for his mental state. You know, he released a depressed song and then asked if Lewis wanted to sing on a future depression song. Like, he needed a podium. Um... One of the things I track every race week is the year-over-year development of a team because we're now in a race to catch up with Red Bull. So to catch up to Red Bull, you need to out Red Bull. So I calculate everyone's year-over-year quality pace for the same circuit and then set Red Bull as zero and basically, like, how much did you develop over the course of the year relative to Red Bull? It's the best we can do because... I can't compare last year's time, I mean, last race week's times to this race week because it's a different circuit, essentially.
0: It's some of my favorite data and everything that you pull. It like just puts everything into such context and like breaks it down into like the most simple like, here is Red Bull. This is where everyone else is in terms of development. And this is why this is important. So it's really, really helpful.
1: Uh, Thank you. Well, I'm looking at my data right now. I posted it on our Instagram story. So if you follow us at Gridwalk Show, you'll either get a video or an Instagram story with this data if you're interested. But essentially with this upgrade, for the first time this season, McLaren has outpaced Red Bull's development speed year over year. And that's a huge deal because actually this week, McLaren and Alfa Romeo were the were able to do it. So now we're left with only one team that's yet to out. Pace Red Bulls development once this year. I don't know if you saw my my post about this. So, do you know what team has yet to out?
0: I have not. I can't say. I okay. Please remove where I say that I haven't looked at our own stuff today. But um,
1: that's okay. You've been at work all day.
0: I have been at work all day. I'm I'm split between two of them. Oh, I don't don't know. I know, I just don't want to be wrong because I hate being wrong. I'm going to say Williams. No, Williams has actually
1: outpaced Red Bull's development in all four races this year.
0: Oh, wait, no, I got a... Vo- you gave me a voice note about this. They had no downforce last year, and then this year they were, like, downforce. So, okay, okay my yeah, they second... They had a little
1: bit of downforce this year. They also had the, like, the gap to from... Williams was so slow last year; like yeah. it's hard to quantify how slow they were last year, yeah. except that like just fielding a relatively service- serviceable car this year means that they have out they have they had so much room to grow. So their development pace was so much year over year. Red Bull had less to go. Mm-hmm. Now the answer is that Ferrari is the only team that has yet to outdevelop Red Bull one week this year. Every single week, they year over year. Have been um, like taken less of a jump than Red Bull is the best way to put it because they're faster. All the cars are faster than their counterparts last year. It's just if Red Bull develops a second, you need to develop a second plus in order to catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I will point out that there's it. Alphatari technically. This week was the first week that they outdeveloped Red Bull, but it was by four hundredths of a second. Or actually, that was
0: my other guess. I was so torn between Williams and Alphatari of like I don't count it.
1: I really think Ferrari and Alphatari have yet to outpace Red Bull once. McLaren and Alpha had that marker this week though, so congratulations. One week you were able to bring like compare yourself and you were faster than Red Bull. So it's just an interesting. It's a it's a very delayed marker on like, okay, how are these teams doing? What we know eventually, well, we don't, but theoretically, eventually someone will catch up to Red Bull, but to do that, they need to develop faster. <laughs> so Please. I, I'm so excited for Imola and to be able to like, see, calculate year over year, the, how the Mercedes car is doing with their new upgrade.
0: But, Hopefully yeah. better. Uh- Are you curious,
1: though, how Alpine's magic floor did? Because on track, it wasn't so great.
0: Yeah, I need to know exactly, like, what your numbers, what your magic numbers are saying about that. Because I, I think both you and I had, like, a very, I mean, by our picks, expectation for Alpine last weekend. And then, literally, I was saying to you on Friday, as I'm watching Pierre, I'm just like, I just can't we can't i can't pick this right at all and just it was a it was such a dumpster fire so what is that what are those numbers showing us
1: i mean they developed year over year at the same rate as red bull essentially with but i don't actually chalk that up to the pace of the car it's just the second week in a row that everything's been a disaster and like esteban having to start from the pit lane after doing okay in qualifying and like it just was like thing after thing after thing that was completely out of Esty Bestie's control. And Poor I just. <laughs> and I will not be touching what's going on with Pierre Gasly with a 10 foot pole because the nope. reality is he's delivering stinkers, and I know people don't want to hear that. So we'll circle back. Maybe he'll pull it together. <laughs> but yeah, I just. I have no idea what the pace of the Alpine car is, particularly with this upgrade, because I don't think they know what the pace of the Alpine car is right now.
0: They did not have the situation to really test it, whether it's due to lack of free practice, lack of, you know, not hitting the wall. (laughs) (laughs) There was, you know, a couple of instances this weekend that definitely didn't let them fully understand. Um, what their car can do. And I just want Esteban to be happy and it, you know, maybe he'll bring a new bomber jacket to Miami, which is actually a horrible idea. Cause it'll be a hundred degrees, but.
1: <laughs> oh, I hope so. He's already debuted one new bomber jacket this year, which was very exciting. <laughs>
0: I hope he comes out in like a Guadabera instead, and just like oh. just full linen. That's what I want. I need, I need the full Miami vibe. To just really – I need, I need a full set. I need a full commitment.
1: This was my complaint last year, and I know we haven't like fully moved on to previewing the Miami GP, but you've you've transitioned my thoughts. So I'm going to give you this: that last year they were so South Beach and so like not the real Miami. Like, Miami Vice, South Beach, like, that's not Miami. Like, I wanted someone to show up drinking Cuban coffee and, like, in, like you said, a full linen outfit. I want someone to teach one of the drivers how to play dominoes. And, like, I just, it. I want Sebastian the Ibis. Those are my ones. The fact that every mascot was there except for Sebastian the Ibis, the greatest mascot, it's just upsetting.
0: Yeah, except uh, this year we'll see if we have any mascots at all. Um, but we do have the pick crew. But
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot. But like the Dolphins mascot is not the same thing. It's just
0: ah. <gasps> Look, I agree with you. If I were to see Sebastian the Ibis interacting with any F1 driver at all, even Max, I think I would like melt. Like I think I would just be like, this can't happen. This can't I mean they have the like Red Bull show car. I'm I have not been to UM's campus this year, so I have not seen which car it is. So this is me making the assumption that it's the show car. It's on campus. Right, right. And that's just, that's that's wild. So like, hey, how about we get uh, a fun little bird over there that um, could be really great to make content with and uh, Nicole could just explode inside because that's mm-hmm. just, my God, could you imagine if Danny, Rick, and Sebastian, the I can't, nope, this is where I'm suddenly going to get to the place. This is like when last night we were talking about the Met Gala and the idea yeah. of Danny, Rick, and Taylor Swift being in the same place and I just could not even consider it. Um, I love
1: that your um, hierarchy of people is, like, Taylor Swift, Daniel, Ricardo, Sebastian, the Ibis.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, she's already met Lewis, and that already made my yeah. whole entire brain short circus. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Again, I would have a really interesting, like, dinner party of, like, if you had to invite five people, like, none of it would really make any sense.
1: No, but I also, like, the group of people who went to the Met Gala with Daniel Ricardo this week, like, didn't make a ton of sense, and I loved all the, like people online who were trying to figure out like what he would say to jo- Janelle Monet and like,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: like Wednesday Adams. Like, what do you think they sat there and talked about?
0: I, who even knows? I think he's, I think it was just like, everyone was very much giving the like, Danny Rick is apparently going to be there and his outfit is going to be basic and people are going to yell at him for it. And it's okay. Cause he's going to be there. And uh, yeah, it's very funny. Kind of right. And that's exactly what happened. And, um, his outfit was you know not the it was not pedro pascal it was not tyga ytd it was not anything at all but he wore tweed which was very on theme and i don't need to get into the whole there's not an entire like gossip grid about the met gala this week because no. it would just be unnecessary and we only need to well, talk we'll about we'll
1: definitely it. wrap it in because yeah. there will 100% be a gossip grid after the Miami GP and we'll circle back and talk about anything met gala related that needs to be said for sure
0: right Right, um, but I don't know. I think it would be very interesting. A lot, there was a lot of quotes after Lewis last went to the Met Gala, and Danny Rick was quoted of just like, it's just like not my scene. And um, I'm curious, like, what were your thoughts on the format this weekend? I felt overwhelmed. Um, I don't know yeah. if it was just like. I like really watching quali and like my Friday workday was just like really crazy. And I was going into the weekend of like, all right, this is different. I am a big fan of like the traditional like race week format, but like I'll give it a chance. And two quali sounds really great. I was stressed. I felt like I didn't have enough information like of watching free practice. I didn't get enough Brianna voice notes of going into <laughs> quali, like knowing what I should be looking for, let alone it was in the middle of the work day and I had to be watching quali. And I can't even say watching. It was like on the sound was off, and I was had to be doing my job. So mm-hmm. it just was not the traditional qualifying experience. I mean, it was also just when you get a safety car like so quick and like kind of any race aspect when it comes to the. Spr- I was like when it comes to the sprint, I was like, oh, right, well, now we're we're just stalling, and this is 17 laps, and like. I,
1: I, if there was ever a time for them to call a red flag
0: (laughs) hello i was like let's just take care like can we just pause for a second because i just feel like we're wasting time so it almost felt like it was like a launch that probably people would want to do over again i would like to see it one more time and hopefully i'd just be able to like absorb it the right way and maybe teams can like try like, adjusting where they're using their strategy differently. I don't know. It just suddenly felt like it was, like, no racing to, like, here's all of this new stuff. And I was suddenly, like, could didn't, I felt like the Mr. Krabs meme of, like, I don't know where to go and there's Quali on a Friday. (laughs) So. That's 100% the best descriptor is the Mr. Krabs meme.
1: Yeah, I, I thought this was better than the format of the prior sprint weekends.
0: Yes, That is a great point.
1: Yeah. I was explaining the rationale. I've already explained this to like other people in my life before. So I'm hoping that I can explain this in a way that makes a lot of sense. The teams just treat the sprint race as a organized race pace simulator for the Grand Prix. Some of the teams in the back of the grid even like went in for a pit stop to try out different tires at a certain point because they had no chance of getting into the points nor did they care enough to they just were like oh let's practice like so in the prior format i felt like we had three practices a quali and a grand prix because they treated the sprint like a practice Mm -hmm. this weekend i don't think the new format made the sprint race more exciting it still felt like a practice but instead of having three practices a quali and a grand prix i felt like we had two practices one that's just poorly marketed two qualies and a grand prix so it does feel like an improvement because i will just always love qualifying and the drivers can't help themselves they're going to go all out and try to qualify well
0: so while the teams that mentality of like those type of drivers and there's a countdown clock and like people are going to be eliminated like no matter what their strategy is of like oh we'll try this that no they're going to be like no well i need to keep going and I need to make it so there's going to be some part of them that has that like competitive drive
1: right and I love quality it's my favorite part of the weekend that being said I think the only thing they got wrong like I would have probably been coming in here being like that was overwhelming that was a lot but I had a lot of fun if they swapped Grand Prix qualifying and sprint shootout I hated that Saturday felt like this self contained thing that didn't quite matter a lot so if Friday was free practice sprint shootout, which set the grid for Saturday. And then Saturday was quali, then sprint, and then you had the race. Then it also feels normal. Like, if maybe you're not interested in the sprint, you could still know that you're watching quali on Saturday and the race on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I think and that's it a good mess thing. mess with
0: your schedule of things. I, yeah. Wow. I would... That almost... It, that just makes... So much sense to me.
1: Thank you. F1, you can take that idea for free. No,
0: don't <laughs> but, take it for free. Yeah, I think
1: they, <laughs> they probably thought it was a good idea to be able to market Saturday as sprint day, but it just felt unimportant. And like, I, don't, I also think it's really important that you get the post quality buildup and that you get to talk to people about oh my gosh, so-and-so is in this position in the grid. What does that mean? And like that kind of discourse. And when the turnaround time, well, admittedly, the turnaround time for me was immediate because sprint shootout was at 3 a.m. or something on my time. And then the sprint was at 6 a.m. So I just woke up at 4 and watched them back to back. But even if I watched them live, who in my life am I going to call at 4 a.m. to be like, did you see the sprint shootout results? A.K.A.
0: <laughs> okay, me? how we had a podcast but it would be seven for me. yeah
1: so. so essentially i think that if you did the sprint quality of the day before and then you had that full day to speculate and then you have the grand prix quality at a normal time on saturday then you still have a full day to speculate for the grand prix so mm-hmm. it's, i think that's important that's what they're missing is that you need to be able to build hype from a qualifying to a race session even if that race session is a sprint and no one will care that's okay
0: yeah. I think it's very fair. Yeah. Someone that was like last week, really hyped about the sprint shootout. I just, as I'm watching it, I think I even said to you, like, it just doesn't make me want to like throw my arms backwards and scream sprint shootout. Like it just didn't have as the same, like, ah, as I wanted it to. And maybe it could just be like the reshuffling of the calendar, but I feel like that would make a lot of sense. And I just want my race. I want my grand Prix quality on Saturday. I, 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 it's it's It was too much. I felt overwhelmed and I just felt like I didn't, I couldn't absorb everything going on all the time. Um, just not a lot of data and we love data here and I love when you break down data for me and it just, I felt I, so like unprepared and then I'm just like what do you mean Charles pole anywhere all the time? Like my brain doesn't make any sense of any of this. Like it just, everything just felt like a surprise. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I know that that's not a normal way to watch a Grand Prix weekend, so I always, like, I'll ask the people in my life who watch F1 who don't consume it the way we consume it, and they all felt really overwhelmed, and they couldn't keep up, so it just, it, like, slightly missed the mark, but I stand by it. This is better than the sprint weekend we had last year, so just, like, some slight
0: adjustments, just a little, just a tiny, tiny little tweak. Mm -hmm. Don't flip the table. Don't, don't. Don't undo all of it, no the sprint oh, has
1: potential. I mean they could undo it all back to the normal Grand Prix weekend. I just know that's not gonna happen, so I'm not gonna right, like right,
0: right. be annoying that's about it <laughs> specifically about we know you love sprint races and you really want to try to make them work. I think this way is still like not if this way is still better than last year, so yes. don't just like completely redo all Touch of it this off. all. Of yeah.
1: Well, last thing about the race before we move on to Miami, over the aforementioned very long break, spring break we had, we did a whole segment about U.S. viewership and whether Red Bull's dominance was going to hurt U.S. viewership uh, for races. And we said that Baku was the first big test of that because essentially spring break was just everyone talking about how fast Red Bull is and how no one has any. hope. Oh. Now, Baku's weird. Because it the race is at 4 a.m. Pacific time. It's at 7 a.m. East Coast time. This is at the worst possible time for American viewership. Like, I would argue that Japan is better. Because at least it's the day before and, like, you can stay up The day late. before for you, it's 3 a.m. for me. Oh, yeah. That one's rough. Never yeah. mind. I think I was Australia was like that, too. There was one that was kind of, maybe it was Singapore. I'm getting my races and time zones mixed up. But essentially, Baku a weird race. But I still pulled the viewership numbers. And last year, this race happened in June. So if you compare the TV viewership numbers, stalling, stalling, there we go, got him. Got him. If you compare the TV viewership numbers versus Baku this year versus Baku last year, same time on TV, 4 a.m. for us
0: in California, viewership was actually up 15%. That's huge. That's like, that's not like 1%. That's big numbers. And like, yeah, it's still, quote unquote, like middle of the night and things. And it's a little bit easier for the East Coast pals Because I was literally getting ready for work when I had FP1 on. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, that felt real. Like, I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, yeah. Right, right. Um, Yeah.
1: It's. Now, for context, last year there were 832,000 households. This year there was 930. I can make this number much bigger for myself that I'm looking at. Oh, no. 958,000 households this year now typical disclaimers we don't get f1 tv numbers we don't get streaming numbers this is just sunday only grand prix so Uh, i have some theories
0: i want you want want to hear my yes i do want to hear your theories
1: yeah oh um and like normal viewership was over 45 percent under 50 which is crazy unprecedented compared to other motorsports in america but um number one I do think that F1 in America seems to have a contingent of about 900,000 viewers right now that just get the sport and are going to watch it on ESPN. This is a very common number I'm used to seeing right now with about 900,000 households. And I think they're just committed. And F1's going to have to do more than four races with Red Bull dominance to deter that specific group. These are all hypotheses, by the way. I have no data to back this up. I'm hoping that I will have some data to back this up by the end of the season and we can circle back to this. Hypothesis number two, Ferrari was on pole. And while you and I know, and most of the listeners of this podcast are pretty educated F1 fans that Charles sticking that car on pole doesn't mean he's gonna win that race. And probably there was zero hope for that ever. But to the average viewer, And they just see, oh, there's not a wrinkle on pole. Let me tune into that. I think that could help. The third one, Checo had a fantastic Saturday. And it is underreported just how popular Sergio Perez is in this country. Every U.S. race, he is the guy. It's like Sergio Perez, Lewis Hamilton, everyone else. Like, it is... He is unbelievably popular with the Hispanic population in America and beyond that, but particularly that. And in Texas, it was his race. Right. So I do think that all of those things could have contributed to a lot of people tuning in, where if it was the typical race weekend we were getting used to before spring break, where it was like Max on pole, Max dominates race, we might have actually been down. So it's just an... Those are my hypotheses. I will circle back. (laughs) But uh, I also pulled year over year the closest race to this time of year. Because, again, this race was April 30th. Baku last year was June 12th. So, like, different time of year. Uh, So, Imola was April 24th last year. So, it was the closest race. Yeah. They, like, really swapped them around. Imola happened, uh, it's at 9 a.m. East Coast time instead of seven a.m., which makes a huge difference on a Sunday. Nine a.m. Yes, is a very normal time for an F one fan. We all get it; it's a morning sport kind of deal. Um, but even then, viewership was only down four percent. So, think like, it was relatively flat year over year to like based on dates, and it like was up. Yet. Yeah. So. I will also point out that last year, Baku's race was after Miami. And Miami was when we all learned that Ferrari were frauds. And then it didn't help that their cars exploded in Baku. And I will always hammer it home when we talk about interest numbers. Ferrari changes everything. If Ferrari is doing well, the numbers are better. The sport is healthier based on data. So, yeah. no. But it was, it was interesting. I think Miami will be the true test because Miami was... I don't think the U.S. Grand Prix passed it last year. It was the most watched Grand Prix in America ever.
0: I want to agree with you because I feel like that is right, and it was just such a big and the coverage for the Miami GP last year was wild. Yeah. I mean, like ESPN was like broadcast like literally just from Hard Rock Stadium, right. Miami Autodrome. I still have to get used to like depending on what sport I'm talking about, what venue it is. <laughs> it's a um, hard rock stadium. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: So I I would be shocked if they were up this upcoming week. But it's so far the numbers this year have shocked me. In the sense mm-hmm. that I think you we hear a lot about how we've already heard so much about how boring the season is and how viewership is going to go down, and I've yet to see that materialize. So is this the week?
0: I mean, I hope not, not for me. And I know it's not for you. All of the weekends that we're going to watch, I am hyped for the Miami GP, but that's a bias. So.
1: It's a race week again. So we're going to run through our predictions. Uh, Last week, we both were correct that Fernando Alonso. Oh no. We were both correct that Lance Stroll was P7 I was correct that Fernando Alonso was P4. We were both correct in the sprint that Red Bull was going to score the most points. That was the extent of it. We really got most of the other things wrong. Um, And I have now pulled in the lead by eight or nine points, I believe.
0: Um and I also do not have anything to embarrass myself but honestly I've been avoiding putting on any of the McLaren merch that I bought last year uh and I'm currently wearing one right now and that really does feel like enough of somewhat of a punishment for my picks this week. I agree. <laughs> for being still not winning but we're playing the game.
1: I think the FOMO the Punishment this week will is the FOMO we're both going to feel, not being at the Miami GP. Even though weeks ago we talked about how we should probably just go because we're gonna feel FOMO, but it's okay. So Nicole, did you change your P1 this week? Or did you also pick Max? Because
0: I also of, picked Max. I don't need I don't you know Checo could P one as many times as you want in a street circuit. Some some nope, I will. I haven't, had, I haven't been given enough evidence yet to change my, my winner yet
1: I also just am going to be annoyed if I change it and then Max wins and then at least I'm not getting the plus one in our predictions for doing it it's called yeah, we're too competitive. my emotional response
0: um, okay P4 who do you have I have Fernando Alonso for P4 Ooh. I have George Russell So I
1: think this, unlike last week, I'm going to keep talking about front, (laughs) rear limited and front limited circuits because uh, until the Mercedes upgrades next race week in Imola, this is what we've got. So this track is less like Baku and because it's front limited, which means that of the three teams, Mercedes might not suck this week. So I'm thinking a P3, P4 Mercedes showing this week. And yes, wait, wait. Oh, I was already going there, but I'll let
0: you do it to yourself. Yeah.
1: So, uh, is it hopeful? Yes. Do I think a Mercedes is going to be on the podium? Yes. And I think if I think Lewis is going to be on the podium, George is going to be P4. That's...
0: Just again. Just, just...
1: But Mercedes should have... The best weekend of the three bunch, theoretically. But Ferrari is bringing upgrades, allegedly. it's As of right now, it's Tuesday. So right now, it's rumored that we're finally getting some Ferrari upgrade. But I'm just excited that there's finally a rumor, if I'm being
0: honest. I know, right? Because that's exactly what we were just talking, I think, last week, maybe the week before. It's all yeah. starting to blur that it was just like crickets from Ferrari. And we're like, oh, this is the most un-Ferrari thing at all. But um, all right, so who do you have as your best of re- best of the rest in your P7?
1: Charles, thing's gonna be a rough Ferrari week. Too hot, bad tire day. It's gonna be rough, in my opinion.
0: Oh, oh, well, I just yeah, good weekend. I'm still just so happy for him. I have Lance in my P7. I just didn't want to move it. I just it felt good, felt right, kept it there. Yep. Rooting for Lance to do good things.
1: Um, hey, But you're putting him far below where I know you have Fernando, though. <laughs> <That's,
0: laughs> rooting for Lance true. to do good
1: things puts him P7. Okay.
0: Um, hey, a year ago, me would have been like, Lance is going to DNF. So, growth. That's what we call growth.
1: Yep. Okay, who do you have for P10? I
0: have Yuki.
1: You, want him to I, cont- you think he's going to continue his streak of points?
0: Now that I'm rooting for him and I have him in a streak of points, he probably won't because that's just exactly what's going to happen. But I basically was trying to decide between like my rooting interest in P10 and my rooting interest in highest points. And that's kind of, and we'll get to that in a second, so I won't go too much farther, but that is how I ended up. Going with Yuki and the fighting for points every single week. It was just a really interesting stat and everything that I was just kept in P10. So what about you?
1: I put Esteban Ocon. Just because I don't have faith in that Alpine and I, but I want good things for Estee Bestie. So I think that he'll be in the points this week. Hopefully. Please.
0: Please. I wanted to put him so badly in P10. But I just didn't even want to give him my potentially bad juju. I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I need a week where I just leave him alone because I've I've been like really drilling him in like different spots in my picks, and he j- I just haven't gotten him one.
1: I don't know if that's your fault or just Alpine. I just I yeah yeah. Re-everything we said before. Okay, and then we ended off with picking the best of the rest. So the bottom five teams in the constructor Constructors' standing right now are Alpine, in no particular order, Alpine, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tari, Haas, and Williams. Which of those teams do you think is going to score the most points this week?
0: I am hoping that it will be Williams. And here's my Ooh. pitch for this. Okay. I really want Alex to get points. I want yeah. Alex to get points so bad. And it's Logan's home race. He is uh-huh. a Florida boy. It is his race. So I'm hoping there's some positive energy that maybe some good things, magic, AKA could happen. So my P10, I almost picked Alex cause I was like trying to manifest and I'm like, you know what? I'll put William because you have that like home race piece of like maybe some magic and DNFs will happen. For other people that are not Williams that can get Williams up. But putting it out there in the universe. Got to try something different. What do I have to lose? I'm already losing.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're going to keep losing by more. But, but you know, it,
0: at this point... Like, get the biscuit.
1: Picked, if one of us picked Al Fatari last week, we would have gotten the points. Like, I think that's the whole point is we're trying to... If we were like, what team is going to score the most points? We'll just be boring and pick Red Bull every week. So Yeah,
0: no. That's no, why think- we're best of the rest. So I'm literally going with as like, oh, basically as, I'm pretty sure Williams right now is uh, is last. I'm going with Williams. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they only have one point and Fatari has two points. Oh. But I, I wouldn't put Williams at the bottom just in pure car pace.
0: Right. Right. I'm literally talking in sheer, like, just standings, points, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm picking Williams, going with vibes, spice. I don't know. I need to Try something different. Who knows what will happen? But pick okay. Williams. How about you?
1: Uh, I stuck with Alpine because one of these weeks they will score points and no longer
0: be P6 in
1: the championship. I think
0: so. <laughs> it's the smart pick. It's the lot. It is exactly where my brain was a week ago of like both of us. Right. It's there. It, 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 there's no reason they should be where they are. Yeah.
1: I. I don't know. I also, like, they did make changes to the circuit this year to hopefully make better racing, and they're going to repave it because there was a huge issue with the surface of the track last year. Um, Essentially, they didn't like Miami asphalt, so we'll see what happens. And I maybe they'll ship in asphalt from a different part of the country. (laughs) But... um, There are a bunch of changes, so we can't fully predict exactly how cars will behave. Um, But it does have those like three long straights in the alligator mouth. So,
0: and it's going to be hot. It's going to be so hot. And if you aren't believing me, it's going to be hot. And then (laughs) when they're talking about how it's hot, be like, wow, she was right. It's going to be hot.
1: (laughs) Well, we're really going to get a good idea of what cars have. Good tire degradation and wet cars have bad tire degradation this week. It's going to be a rough Ferrari week. I'm if Yeah, just. Last week, I told you that there was going to be a Ferrari on the podium. And guess what? There was a Ferrari on the podium. This week, I'm telling you, if both Ferraris make it to the finish line, call it a win.
0: To be fair, last week, you said flip a coin. One of the Ferraris is going to DNF. Yeah. Neither and- did
1: I was. It's because it was so much cooler yeah. than expected. Okay. but one of the Ferrari engines did DNF.
0: So yeah, you're. That's that's fair. That's yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> so I think I was. It was accurate analysis that didn't come to fruition. And that- yeah,
0: I there was too much. Like I got to see like Happy Charles again after his like depressing yeah. piano music, and then he's just like gets pulled, and he's like only Ferrari. This is a, it's a Ferrari, and then he's on the podium, and I'm just like. But it's so funny if you go back and listen to his radio, his podium of getting P3 at the end of the race and like being on the podium is so not as happy and joyous as him getting pole. Like it of is course. such a, right, of course, obviously, but it's, it's like maybe like finally like, oh, not only did you like finish, but like you'll be on the podium. But it was just like you would think he like didn't even finish the race. It was just he was just like, yeah, you know, less troubles this time. I'm like, yeah, less troubles. You finished the race and no
1: one makes it better
0: me better
1: than seventh no one makes me more pessimistic for the future of that Ferrari car than Charles Leclerc
0: no you know me- who, the, the, who does make me more pessimistic was when that he's on the radio and he's like oh it was a cat and I'm like if a black cat if Charles Leclerc just saw a black cat in the middle of an f1 race I immediately thought the whole engine was gonna just like stop working immediately. So that's why I think I was so stunned that he ended up on the podium and all let alone finished the race because of the cat. (laughs) It's the Miami GP week. (laughs) And we... Okay, so if you are new to Gridwalk, um, Miami has a very special place or close to home or second home for Brianna and I because we both went to the University of Miami. Go canes, it's all about the U. And literally, where we met was in the city of Miami. And the fact that there is a F1 race in Miami at all still like blows my mind because it feels like such a like colliding of worlds. I was in Miami this past weekend, you're starting to see like. PR, advertising, everything for it. Um, I got to go for free practice last year. I unfortunately was not able to go for the race, but just like this year and last year, prices are a little bit crazy. So I have like a little bit of a short list of things for if anyone is going, things to know, just like some fun facts, and it's not like the usual, you know, like... Bring sunscreen. Right. Like, okay, I hope you bring sunscreen. I just hope that I didn't need to tell anybody that.
1: I think these are going to be Miami specific. Like, you've never been to Miami before. Here are some things you should know because you're attending a Grand Prix there.
0: Yes. Yes. So it's like just a short little list of Nicole's How things many th- you should know. We have five. We have five things. Ooh, so it's easy to remember. Five. So Miami Grand Prix things that you should know if you have just not really been familiar with Miami at all. We love the PR for the Miami GP and it's beautiful and all the videos are great from the teams and from F1 and all of this stuff, but I need to scream from the rooftop should hire a plane to like fly over all of America for this. The Miami Grand Prix will not be in South Beach. It will not be in downtown Miami. It will not be in any place where you hear the word Miami and what you think of in your head. That's not where the race is going to be. The race is in Miami Gardens. You will be basically landlocked. The closest body of water to you, it's not, again, it's not very far, but will be the pools next to the, but it'll be the pools next to the the yachts at the race. You're like, 45 minutes without traffic from basically South Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood. 45 minutes is so generous and just like a really rough estimate if you get unbelievably lucky. so and there it, will be traffic. You are getting ahead of my sorry, point.
1: Sorry, here. I haven't seen your podium.
0: Of course. Right. Yes,
1: it's in the middle of nowhere. Like literally, like it is in the Everglades. It is sinking middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely you are right next to the turnpike. So just prepare yourselves that like if you booked a hotel and you're in South Beach, then you put in like, oh, the Formula One race. And you're like, oh, this is like really far away. It kind of is. Point two, traffic. (laughs) Now, you think you know traffic. I'm going to say right now that unless you are from Miami, Los Angeles, or New York, and I'll throw in Atlanta for my slight personal experience you will not be prepared for whatever traffic that you will experience going into this race weekend uh it will be bad friday will be a nightmare so if you are going to free practice at all leave so early be there all day be there for free practice one because even with free practice one you will have traffic in my opinion go ahead
1: want to point out Nicole's level of expertise here. It's not because she attended one free practice at Hard Rock Stadium last year. It's because that's where the University of Miami plays football. So every and both of us went to every home game for the four years we lived there. And then Nicole graduated in 2017. And literally until this month has lived in yes. Miami and has attended every football game there, which means that from 2013 to 2022, Nicole Katz went to almost every football game and has to, and has lived what she is telling you. So I just wanted to like back that up. I'm sorry. I put you in your feels. No, so I suddenly
0: just, I, I, It was in my feels and I just suddenly like really felt my age, but like, yes, best option. 100% is to use the shuttles for this race. Do not Uber Like, the parking, trying to get parking, those passes, like, sell out so fast you're not going to be able to get one. And, like, do not park your car at Walmart next to Hard Rock. They will tow your car. (laughs) Uh, going to the food court areas. There was a couple of different big food court places that were in big tents last year where you could walk around and try different Miami cuisines and they have like your basic hamburgers, French fries, whatever, whatever, whatever. Walk around and you can find food options that not only are not your Miami GP prices, but are also authentic like Miami cuisine. I love Cuban food. The idea of leaving Miami and not having like my favorite Cuban food places like right next door is very, very sad. And at the gp last year i was able to find really fire cuban food uh so just walk around investigate like you can find things that won't like break your bank that you already broke by having a ticket there
1: don't leave miami without trying cuban food please like i understand that people think of south beach and miami vice and all these things that aren't actually miami but like try Cuban food, go to Versailles, like have Cuban coffee, eat a croqueta. Like, please, please. I don't even care if it's good, authentic Cuban food, like make time for it.
0: I care. Go somewhere. I do. Right. Like, like, now <laughs> yes, the right.
1: of You um, went to Miami and you at least tried some Cuban food or some Cuban breakfast at the bare minimum right, versus right. not even attempting. Like I will take you trying and failing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'll be more intrigued about your breakfast at La Carreta than like your day at the Clevelander. Dress comfortably. <laughs> and that seems so obvious. You think it's going to be hot because you're like, yeah, it's Miami, Florida. Multiply that by three. The humidity, the sun, it's going to destroy you. Wear something that you don't mind sweating a bunch in because it is so hot people really don't get like miami heat with that humidity last year i wore biker shorts a t-shirt and like running sneakers and had my hair fully up i was so comfortable so glad get yourself a cocktail you'll be set for the day you're going and you're going to look cute be there for your pictures bring a change of clothes because it's it's rough unless you have very nice tickets that bring you to air conditioning then a plus for you wear whatever you want
1: My fun Miami anecdote is when I left Miami, I learned for the first time in my life that I actually have dry skin, but it's so humid in Miami that I thought I had oily skin for my entire like adult life. Nope. Nope.
0: (laughs) Um, And my last thing, which this was something that last year, like I totally didn't, I was shocked that other people weren't doing and I totally only did because I have, I'm so familiar with Hard Rock Stadium. If you go to the the Miami GP, walk through the stadium. You don't have to walk all the way around the entire map and the entire like track everywhere and stay outside. You can go inside the stadium, which not only lets you, you can sit in the grandstands within the stadium and just get out of the sun for a little while. I'm not going to say get out of the heat because it'll still be hot but you can find ways to get out of the sun this year. They have the entire paddock on the field. So you'll be able to be like looking at who knows what it could be really, really cool, but also inside there's bathrooms like multiple full stall. Not
1: sharing your secret.
0: (laughs) Hard rock is big enough. And there was no one inside last year besides everyone, because on last year on the field, they had like the hospitality cabana, like very expensive, like guests could be there, but even still on the inside, I was like, there's so many places to be. And there's giant fans inside. Again, not air conditioning, but blowing air. And like real bathrooms that you don't need to be using a porta potty for or anything.
1: Welcome back to Yellow Sector. No, it's not the fastest lap around F1, but we will hit every team on the F1 grid. Uh, I said that differently this week. And that's because this week... I'm not going to go team by team like I normally do. There's so much going on with the Miami GP. I'm going to do a section of notes that touch on all the teams off track. And then I'm going to end with a couple of on track notes that we just didn't get a chance to talk about today in today's show. So starting with Red Bull, like we normally do, Red Bull has a special fan made livery this week. Uh, When we are recording this, they've yet to launch it. But by the time you're listening to this, they will have. Um, so the Red Bull is going to not look like the Red Bull this week. Maybe? DVD. Uh, but congratulations to whoever won that competition. That's really cool. Lewis is doing a pop-up event in Miami for his merch drop, which is really cool. It's going to be in the d- design district, and his tease of the merch that's going to be there looks awesome. Williams' pop-up shop, by the time you're listening to this, is already open. I'm going to say I've said it every single week so far. If you are in Miami, whether or not you're going to the GP, go to the Williams pop-up, it's really, really cool. Every single team on the grid, including F1 itself, has limited edition Miami merch for this week. Some standouts is the Mercedes George Russell water line, I think is really cool. McLaren, not shockingly, has some really sick merch and jerseys, so much so that me, not a McLaren fan, considered purchasing some of it. then there's the muddled group of people who did miami vice and then there's ferrari um also then there's alpine i actually think ferrari did better than alpine but subjective opinion (laughs) so buy what you like i actually think the really cool thing about every single team doing something is that there's going to be something that you like so that that's cool there's a good diversity of things except for everyone who just did miami vice uh, Haas will be doing a pop-up event, not this weekend, but Mother's Day with Moneygram at the Aventura Mall. Daniel Ricardo is not on the grid, but he met the Queen of Genovia at the Met Gala, and that is much cooler in my opinion.
0: That video short-circuited my brain. I was waiting all last night of, I knew his outfit was going to be basic, I'm not here to critique it, it was literally what I expected as much as I wanted it to be but it was the Honey Badger's first met, and it, it the video of him like, with Anne Hathaway just did like so much to my brain. Um, just because I know this and need to share this to this. the only place I can share. He was wearing a designer called Tom Brown, and he was dressed, and this designer also dressed Jenna Ortega, Janelle Monet, Alexander Skarsgård, Pusha T, Olivia Rodrigo, and it, literally, if you look at Jenna Ortega and Daniel Ricardo next to each other, technically they match. They were both wearing the same tweed but that does not matter because Anne Hathaway is an F1 fan and their entire interaction as Anne Hathaway is in one of my favorite outfits of the entire night was just like oh my god I love I'm a big F1 fan so Queen of Genovia who the heck is your team where's your allegiance I need to know you don't follow anyone on Instagram so I have a lot of questions thank you that's all
1: if you're an MBA student at Harvard, you can now take classes and learn from Toto Wolf. He is now an associate professor there. <laughs> Auto Nation is officially sponsoring F1 for the first time. This is a big deal because they're a huge American motorsports sponsor. They're also... Uh, They're sponsoring Alpine. I said they're sponsoring F1. They're sponsoring Alpine in particular on the F1 grid. And part of the deal is that they're also going to sell Alpine cars in America through AutoNation. So for the first time, you can actually buy an Alpine car in the US. Last off-track thing, Charles invited everyone to pre-save his second song that's about Miami, but Miami hasn't happened yet. But go save his second song. Now, a couple of on-track things to wrap this up this week. Mike Crack was interviewed this week and predicted that F1 is gonna be going away from combustion engines in the next 20 years. So not anytime soon, but notable that he said that. Uh, There's clearly something going on that's much worse than we expected with the F1 Academy. Uh, Not only do we still not have a broadcast, but if you go to their website, it actually doesn't have the FIA logo in the header. And while they're included in the F1 website header, if you navigate to the F2 or F3 website, the F1 Academy disappears. So there's definitely a lot going on behind the scenes other than what the press release put out, which is just that infrastructure is hard. There seems to be something going on. And while websites don't prove anything, I thought it was worth pointing out and we should all keep a close eye on what is going on there. Last but not least, we touched on it a little bit, but rumors are that Ferrari will finally bring their first upgrade of the season this week. They're the only team on the grid that has not outdeveloped Red Bull once year over year. So thank goodness. Please put something new on that car, please. So that's it. Those are the L sector notes for the Miami GP week. Happy May the 4th. Nicole, how was my sector time today?
0: Your sector time was definitely faster than whenever Rihanna got to the Met Gala, but very much worth the wait as but always. we wait for Rihanna. <laughs> I'll wait for her anywhere. 100%. <laughs> but as always, we want to give a big thank you to voiceover man. Thank you to the queen of Genovia, but really who is your F1 team? Where's your allegiance? You <laughs> hopped up on drag race, which was already exciting for me. And now you're an F1 fan. And I think we need to be best friends. And also your outfit was fantastic. And thank you to our four-legged executive producers. One is waiting for me to snuggle him as he lays on my bedroom floor. (laughs) Parker says, hi, everyone. Make sure you turn on auto downloads, rate, review the pod. Let us know what you'd love. Give us five stars. Please be nice. But it really, really helps us out. And I'll take... Two seconds of your day to literally probably make our entire month, if not year, of just giving us a fantastic review of what you love, especially you folks on Apple Podcasts and all of your blue text messages. Pretty please give us a review, let us know what you're liking. We want to continue to improve the show as uh, we want to make it better for you. So, follow us also on any of the social media platforms that you use. We are giving you F1 content every single day of the week, not just on days of our show. We will be back every Thursday, and we hope you join us. Today felt like a...